Hello, and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world level. I'm your host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, and welcome back for another fantastic episode in this alcohol experiment. (laughs) So fear not, if you are not partaking in the experiment, you're still going to get some great stuff out of today's episode. In fact, today I'm going to start it out with something that is just good for everyone, because I can tell you I am feeling a shift in the energy. It's really been a challenge lately. I don't know if you guys are feeling it as well. Maybe a little off, maybe a little ringing in your ears, a little bit more fatigue than normal. Um, just some really strange energy. And part of it is definitely the time of year. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously the days are a little bit shorter, um, but it's also this kind of hangover effect of the moon and Mercury entered retrograde again. <laughs> so we know when Mercury enters retrograde, it's a slowing down. It's not really turning backwards, like they say. It's That's an illusion. But it does affect our energy. It affects our communication. It affects our electronics. It affects our energy levels. And even the news does stories on this. Even like the New York Times have done articles on Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> So we are in that now. And more than that, it is just the earth is changing and it's speeding up and it's going faster and faster. And a lot of people have been feeling off lately. So if you're feeling that, know that you're not alone. You are not alone in that. And there's some things that you can do. One of my favorite things, of course, is taking an Epsom salt bath, walking in nature, going in the sea, hugging a tree. All those like are great. Maybe hugging a tree sounds silly to you, but it really does work. It helps you ground your energy. And very often when we are not feeling like great, we can't really explain it. It's because we're not in balance. When we're in balance and in alignment, we feel amazing. Those are the days you just wake up and you can't wait for whatever's coming. You don't want to miss a moment. You feel optimistic, inspired, happy, at peace you know, whatever it is for you, that's your good feelings, you know, those good feelings, it comes when we are in balance and when we are in alignment and alignment can be a little bit of a challenge. Sometimes balance is sometimes easier or often easier to get back into balance. And that is, like I said, going for walks in nature, meditating, um, grabbing trees. So not grabbing, but hugging. And, you know, if you're ever wondering, like, does this really work? First of all, it does. It's been proven Um, just our body's chemistry. When you hug a tree, it totally calms. It totally calms down. But if you want to test this for yourself, of course, go with an open mind. You have to be open to this. And, you know, if you're a little um, shy on it, you maybe want to do it somewhere where people aren't watching you. (laughs) Um, But go up to a small tree, like a tree that's been planted in the last few years where you can kind of put your, your hands around it, right? And just put your hands around the tree, a small tree, skinny tree, close your eyes, feel it. Then go to a really big tree, like a big oak or a big maple or something like that, where you have to really put your arms around it. Do the same thing, put your arms around it and close your eyes. If your heart center, if you can just match that up on the bark of the tree, you'll feel it even more but just notice the difference. There is such a huge difference between a small tree and a large tree. And I know this is getting out there a little bit, but part of it has to do with the root system and how grounded the tree is itself. But anyway, so try that experiment. I'd be curious if you can feel that. Um, Another thing you can do, and this is one of my favorite things, is starting your morning when you first wake up, before you even get out of bed, before you check your phone, before you do anything, I still closed is focus on the first good thought that comes to mind, or maybe you've cultivated a really happy place or a happy vision, go to that. So this place, maybe it's a vacation spot. Maybe it's um, cuddling with your pet. Maybe it's a child smiling, whatever it is, just this really happy thought, this good feeling thought and focus on that for 17 seconds. And if you can focus on that good thought and don't let your mind drift, you might think, oh, 17 seconds is easy, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how hard it can be sometimes to really stay focused for 17 seconds. 
but do it. And this is from Abraham Hicks. This is not mine, but it's very, very effective. And what happens is that when you start programming your mind every morning, that it's going to get this 17 second break, this like yummy daydream over time, your body will come to crave it and it will just relax and it'll start producing serotonin and it will really prime you for the day to be in positive. You want to get momentum going in a positive direction. So if you're sitting there focusing the first thing in the morning, before you do anything on something really good and happy that just makes you feel yummy inside, you'll be surprised how it'll become easier to hold it for longer than that. Hold it for 30 seconds, hold it for a minute, and then it'll start to meander and daydream into other good feeling thoughts. And when you're doing that, you're raising your vibration. You're setting the intention for the day to be on the right foot, to be good, to come from a place of optimism. And your whole day, you'd be surprised at how much smoother your days will start to become if you start it with this in the morning. Another thing I like to do, and I might do this while I'm making my coffee, while I'm in the shower, whatever. Again, first thing in the morning is the yes rampage. And it's just where you start saying all the things that you're a yes to that you want in your life or that you have in your life or that you like in your life, whatever it is. Like I'm a yes to love. I'm a yes to happiness. I'm a yes to more days of feeling inspired. I'm a yes to a really great vacation this summer. I'm a yes to the smell of cut grass. I'm the yes to feeling skinny and sexy. I'm a yes to meaningful relationships with my friends. I'm a yes to creating new connections. I'm a yes to abundance overflowing in my bank account, in my heart and in my life you get the idea, right? You just start saying what you're a yes to do a little rampage and more things will come and come and come. And you'll always have those favorites, of course, but every day you'll be surprised at how many new things kind of enter. And it's great because we know that if you can think it, if it comes into your mind and you think it and say it, you can achieve it. You can manifest your powerful manifestors, every single one of you out there listening. (laughs) Um, You can also do gratitude. Just start saying the things that you're grateful for or appreciative for, I should say and a little white light shower. So before I walk out the door every day, I try to do a white light shower. You just stand there, close your eyes, visualize this beautiful white light coming from God, divine universe, whatever you're comfortable with, just this beautiful light coming above you, rushing down over your body, going into the top of your head. So it's washing over you with this beautiful white light and going inside of you with this beautiful white light. And it just, as it goes down, all the way down to your feet and then soaking into the ground below you, it's bringing with it all this really nice clarity, all this cleansing, healing light and washing away and transmuting anything that's been stuck, any stuck energy that you've had, anything that's not serving you, either yours or from somebody else, negative thoughts, anxiety, whatever it is, just washing it all away and leaving you nice and fresh for whatever is coming next. So those are just a reminder, a recap of some of my favorite tips that I like to do. And if you can do that white light shower successfully, if you like that, then it's also nice to kind of do a bubble afterwards. You just like quickly just visualize your heart center and the light coming out, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, pushing everything out of your field until you have this beautiful bubble all the way around you higher than your head, below your feet, a little bit wider than your hands can reach. And you just visualize that inside this bubble that you're in, it's nice and clear. Maybe you feel like there's no gravity. You can float around in it, just feeling nice and yummy. Sometimes I even literally like do waves with my body, roll my shoulders and kind of stretch around and just feel how good it is in this bubble of pure healing, light, cleansing energy, and knowing that nothing from the day, from anybody else, from the media, from people around me, from anything, it doesn't matter. None of the negative is going to get in. So none of the low vibrating negative energy is going to get into my bubble. And I'm going to be able to go on with my day from a place of just, um, of balance, of course, but high vibration because everything we do, we want to keep high vibrating as much as possible because like attracts like, right? (laughs) So if it's positive and we're vibrating high, we're going to attract more of those good things into our life. And that's our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is to be in alignment with who we are, what we are in the best way, and then draw more of that into our human experience. 
All right. So that was just my little recap for today. If you've been feeling off like I have, and you can always come back to this little reminder anytime you want. And in the show notes below, I will have kind of what we talked about just to kind of remind you, because sometimes we forget to do this in the morning, right? We get busy. And even if you only do one thing, that 17 second in the morning is the most important. And maybe at night doing the gratitude, the three things that you're grateful for at night. And that way you can just kind of bring your vibration to a place of gratitude or appreciation before you go to bed. So you're not carrying any of the baggage from the day with you into your beautiful sleep. So I hope you like that. Um, all right. So we are in week three people of the alcohol experiment. I am so excited. You made it through two weeks. Bravo. Give yourself a hand, pat yourself on the back. Um, it was, you know, it was getting real now, right? It is getting real. How are you guys doing? I want to hear from you. I want to hear what's worked and maybe even what hasn't worked because it's anytime you share with me and you want me to share it with the audience, I will. I had a couple to read today, but I think I will just save and read them for next week. Um, and at the end of this, I'm actually going to attach uh, a little interview I did with a gentleman named Tommy who is in Tennessee and it is his third time doing the alcohol experiment. And he's going to share with us what has worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past, why this is his third time and how he knows that this time is going to be different. And he is a week ahead of us. So it's really exciting to hear his depth of experience and knowledge doing this. He is very candid, very authentic and honest. And I think you will really enjoy his perspective. So that is coming up in just a few minutes. Um, but before we get to that, let me just share a little bit, right. Of what we went over, we went over, you know, what it's like to feel lonely and how we use alcohol as a crutch often, um, what it is like, you know, drinking, maybe it makes you feel more attractive. You think, Oh, if I drink, you have more confidence at a bar or a party or a social situation, you feel prettier, more handsome, um, maybe sexier, but we know that that is just really kind of a temporary fake feeling. It doesn't translate. And we want to get to a point where we can feel that way without the alcohol. Um, we really want to get in touch with ourselves and, and be able to tap into that, right? Because nothing has changed. Maybe you don't feel so pretty or so outgoing or so sexy or whatever. And then you have that false courage, right? That comes with alcohol, but that means it is there. You haven't changed all of a sudden. It's not like all of a sudden you're prettier. All of a sudden you're smarter. All of a sudden you're funnier you're the same person. So how can you tap into that and feel those feelings without alcohol? It is totally possible. It's easier than we think. Um, and so I, I hope that you guys enjoyed that this week and you know, it is a work in progress. You have to really work on that, but I know you can get there also learning about that. There is no healthy moderation, right? We are so misled by, um, really the liquor lobbyists probably, but any of the alcohol brands out there, to drink in moderation. And there's no such thing when it comes to the toxic levels of alcohol, because it is a poison, even in small doses, it is a poison. There is no healthy moderation. Now that said, you know, of course you can cut back. There's healthy when it, or moderation when it comes to driving and stuff like that, but in general, um, it is a poison. And so, you know, we just need to own our decisions. We talked about sex, of course, a little bit last time, but this time as well. And, you know, how alcohol impacts our sex life, right? How it impacts our sex life and what a challenge for a lot of people, sober sex can be. And it really can be a challenge, especially if you are used to having those drinks ahead of time to kind of get you in the mood. Really, the key is that you want to be proactive if you, you know, cause sex is important and it's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, it's up to you to get yourself in the mood, to be proactive, to make that intimate eye contact, right? So many studies have shown that eye contact is really one of the most intimate things that you can do. We know when you catch somebody's eye for too long and you look away, right? Because it's almost like you're invading their privacy, but there is something really wonderful. If you think about having a crush or the first time you fell in love, or, you know, if you've been with your partner for a long time, remember the beginning when you'd like look at each other and just get that warm feeling and feel so good when your eyes met, you can recreate that by sitting across from each other and really making deep eye contact. 
and then hold that eye contact and then reach out and touch each other and not, you know, in a sexual way necessarily, but there's other erogenous zones, like the inside of your arm behind your knee, your neck, your face, like, um, feet, your stomach. There's so many areas that people find pleasurable and sexy that have nothing to do with like, you know, genitalia, of course. Um, in fact, I did a podcast last year on Tantra and tantric sex, and which is kind of the idea that you can have really deep, meaningful sexual experiences, even to the point of orgasm without ever having penetration. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It's all about breath work and focusing energy. So maybe go back and look at that or listen to that episode on Tantra, or just Google it, go to YouTube, um, and check out Tantra. Cause it's a really beautiful way to start to build connection. There's a lot of crazy stuff out there too. Don't get me wrong. There's like a lot of Cucaracha crazy stuff. Um, so really just go with what resonates with you and what seems comfortable for you. And it's different between men and women, right? It really is. There's a lot of generalities, but they're true. The difference between speaking between looking and between touching. Some people are very visual and some people are all about the words and some people are about touch. So it's also knowing what works for you and being able to communicate that with your partner. And at the same time, getting that information from your partner so you can meet their needs as well. That's really what makes it beautiful is when you can have that communication. Um, and also we touched on depression, unfortunately, right? A lot of people drink because they're depressed or anxious. And we know that alcohol actually is a depressant and you might get a momentary numbness, but unfortunately then what's going to happen is that the depression is actually going to be worse scientifically, like biologically, because now not only do you have those thoughts or feelings or whatever was wrong to make you feel depressed, whether it's a true depression that you don't understand. A lot of times we don't understand why we're depressed or if it is episode specific, if something has happened in your life and you know why you're feeling depressed, either way, the alcohol long-term will make it worse. In fact, I know for myself in, if I'm having a bad day, not now, but in the past, if I'm having a bad day or feeling a little lonely or feeling left out or just feeling sad or annoyed with a friend or feeling like, nobody cares about me or nobody even notices what I'm doing. Like whatever those, those low vibrating feelings, we all know those low vibrating feelings. I can pinpoint when I have those feelings, I'll look back at two, three, four, five days prior and be and like, ah, oh, okay. You know, it might be a Tuesday or a Wednesday and I'm feeling this way, but on Saturday I drank a lot. And that's what happens. There is this lag in timing that can really increase depression and also anxiety. So keep that in mind. And we did learn about that. Also, the same thing goes for sadness and anger. There's so many effects on our health. In fact, it really should be called, you know, the wellness experience <laughs> with alcohol. Um, it really should be in the wellness part. So, okay. So I'm not going to go into the whole thing of what we did, but I really, really hope that week two went great for you. Be excited for week three. We have so many good things coming up here. Some that I just touched on, I kind of mixed it up a little bit. And I'm not going to talk about it too much. I just know that you're doing a great job. Keep going. You got this. Um, I did go out a couple of times this week as well. And I did the same thing. I got the club soda in a wine glass with a cherry. It just makes it kind of like a rosé sparkling. And I love it. And that has worked really well for me. I actually didn't think I liked soda because I, I just didn't. And I actually like it. I was surprised. I've never been a sparkling water person. I was like still water. Um, so I was surprised at how much I like a really cold soda club soda. Um, yeah. So, you know, of course a little lime or lemon or something like that works as well, but I like the cherry <laughs> I'm visual. <laughs> um, and you know, and it also feels good. I played tennis last night and I had a friend say, have you lost weight? And I don't feel like I have lost weight. Um, but you know, haven't been drinking in almost three weeks and we know it makes you fat causes rapid aging. Like we know that I do feel like my skin looks better and you know, maybe I have lost a little bit. Like I've said in the past, I don't have a scale in my house. Um, I had an eating disorder when I was a lot younger, I was a gymnast and a ballerina and got really tall really quickly. And I felt like the only way I could control anything since I couldn't control growing was to not eat. And, um, so for me, it's just not healthy to have a scale in my house. I just go by how I feel and how my clothes fit. And I was kind of happy for the compliment, to be honest. So 
maybe, um, you know, abstaining from the alcohol and those crappy carbs and processed foods we crave after we drink, not having that has made a little bit of a difference. (laughs) Um, okay. So I also have a little bit of housekeeping. I'm really excited. National green juice day is coming up this week, January 26th. And, um, I am being sponsored by Suja for that. I'm really excited. Suja juice. You can find that at Trader Joe's whole foods, giant, any of your local grocery stores, organic food stores is readily available. You can order online as well. Um, but I would say if you are up for it, take January 6th and make it your green juice day and go ahead and get three, four five green juices, start with the celery juice, and then you can have whatever the mighty greens, whatever you like, and just give your body a nice flush. It really helps alkalinize. It helps with your liver. It just is good for you. And I know that I teased when we started this about doing a seven day juice cleanse. We're going to do a green juice cleanse. I'm very excited and detox. And I am pushing that off until next week because I want to give you just one more week to really kind of grasp this whole alcohol experience. Don't want to throw too much at you at once. I know for some of us, it's really easy to do this. And for some of us, it's much more of a challenge. So I don't want to add too much to what we're doing. Um, if you've already added the celery juice in the morning, that's great. That's so good for you. Uh, but know that we are going to be doing it and I'm going to give you all the details you need next week to do your own green juice cleanse and detox from home. Very easy, much simpler than you think. And I promise you're not going to be starving and you're going to be so grateful that you've done this for yourself. It's such a great way to start the new year. Um, and the only other thing I have, and I will mention it again at the end of the show after the interview is I have spoken about some of the non-alcoholic wines and, and craft cocktail companies out there. And I just want to give a shout out to Shirley. It's S U R E L Y. I love it. It's really fantastic wine and Prosecco champagne sparkles. It's out of California. Well, the grapes are premium grapes out of California. I believe their home office is in Chicago. Not that any of that matters. Um, so this is really just for my U S listeners and possibly Canada. So I apologize to those of you in the rest of the world, but if you're in the United States, you can go to the show notes and, um, there is going to be a link for you where you can order this for yourself and get 15% off. It's great. Um, and again, you can get a Prosecco, a Rosé, a Sauvignon Blanc, because sometimes you just want that taste. You want to have a non-alcoholic want like the taste of the wine, of course, but this is a non-alcoholic version and you can take it to a party. You can drink it at home. You know, I've, a lot of people said the hardest time is the witching hour that like five to seven when they're getting home and making dinner that they're used to having a drink. So this is a really nice way that you can maybe, you know, still have that ritual and that oral fixation, but have it be non-alcoholic and have it be good. And also if you're going to a friend's house or if you're having people over and you want to tell them great, but if you don't want to tell them, most people don't notice that it's not alcoholic. They're just happy you're drinking something. So it depends where you are on the spectrum for comfort. If you know, you want to disclose that you're not drinking alcohol or not, that's personal. All of this is personal. It's really your choice. You don't owe it to anybody to tell them. And of course, you know, the stronger we get in our convictions, the better it will be. But if you're just doing this for the 30 days, just see if you can. Well, there you go. And anyway, so go to the show notes again below the podcast. Um, click, there's a button that will say show notes and there'll be a a link to Shirley non-alcoholic wine. And I want to hear what you think. I want to hear if you like it or not. I'm actually sending some, I'm going to Aspen in a couple of weeks and I'm sending some ahead to arrive at my friend's house. So before I get there, it'll be there and I'll be guaranteed to have it because I do like to sit by the fire and have a glass of wine. And this way I will still be showing my body some love. There you go. So I'm really excited about our guest who's going to be here today to just explain a little bit about his experience with the alcohol experiment, just finishing week two, going into week three. So before I go any further, let me welcome to you lost me at namaste, Tommy from Knoxville. Welcome, Tommy. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to be here. (laughs) I really appreciate you taking time on this like snowy, crazy day to share your experience with us. You got it. You have shared with me a little bit. We were talking ahead of time that, um, 
you are on what you're in day 16 now. So you've made it through the first two weeks. Yeah. Day 16. And this is my third time doing the 30 days. Interesting. So what led you, tell us a little bit about your story. Like what led you to, um, do it in the first place? What's your relationship with alcohol? What's your why really? What was your why? Um, it's changed a little, you know, the first time I think it was just circumstantial based on the time in my life. Um, Wayne, who's a friend of mine who, you know, really well, um, you know, we are, we, we've been friends for a long time, but our friendship, you know, drinking was always in the background. He started it. Um, and I kind of just did it as a support. I'm like, oh, well, he's going through this. We're all alone because it's COVID. It will give us something to talk about together and kind of goal set together. So that's why I did it the first time, literally just because I thought it would be helpful to help a friend and because I could kind of use it myself, right? <laughs> you right. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> I can always use a little, a little bit of break from alcohol. Um, and then, so that was really why I did it the first time. It was just, let me do the 30 days. Let me offer, um, you know, a, a, a shoulder to cry on. That's sort of a situation of, of being supportive. And um, that was really what it was. And I did it for 30 days. And on day 31, I had a glass of wine. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was the first time. <laughs> they said it's like a personal choice. Like, right. Everybody has a different reason for and a different goal for doing this. Um, yeah. So you made it through the first time and did you make it through the all 30 days without drinking? I did. Yeah. And for me, the first time, you know, I was kind of in a really good place. Um, you know, I, the, the previous year had been tough. There'd been lots of moves, job changes and divorce. Um, but then when I did it the first time I had moved to Knoxville, which I had wanted to do for a long time. I was in a job that I was really excited about that I had been trying to get back into for a long time. So, I mean, for me, I was, you know, I, I was like, let's just add to the positivity of what's going on in my life. So that's kind of the roadmap that I was at at that point. Um, right. The second time I did, it was different. I had lost said job because of COVID, moved back to Arizona, which I instantly regretted and was literally sitting at alone, pretty much crying myself to sleep with a <laughs> bottle of wine in my hand. So the second time was a much different <laughs> situation. And was there like a turning point, like aha moment that second time where you're like, that's it. Enough's enough. I'm doing this again. Like, was Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, because previously in my life up until that point, alcohol, while I'm not saying it had been, you know, I, I had control over it. It had always been based around being out, being with friends. It was something where, oh, well, you know, I'm just drinking and it's social or I'm drinking, but I'm meeting new people and I'm discovering new ideas and enjoying my life. Uh, I think the second time I committed to the experiment was because for the first time in my life at the age of 40, Drinking then became something that I was only doing on my own. Um, I would literally leave work, which my you know, it was like real estate and brokerage and also vacation rentals. So it was very hectic and a lot of um, attention that I had to pay to my phone pretty much 24 seven. So when Unusual my day, hours, totally. Yeah. And, and, and hours that could be 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 1 p.m. It just, it, it always changed. And so what I found myself doing is <laughs> embarrassingly, on my route home from Scottsdale back to central Phoenix, there was this little store that had these really spicy cashews that were homemade and they had the little mini boxes of wine uh -huh. and I'm not proud of this. And this may be illegal to say, but I would stop at that store, grab a few boxes of wine, drink them on the way home, eat the hot cashews. And then once I got home alone, it was like, all right, let's see how much wine I need to drink to get me to be asleep as soon as possible. And that was when I realized that alcohol had become something very different in my life, which no more going out, no more having fun, no more meeting people. It was let's get drunk until I'm watching YouTube videos that I can sing to maybe cry to a little bit and then <laughs> we'll just go to bed and do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. I love, there's so many things in there that you said that I want to touch on so many okay. It was almost like a, the best layup ever for a host. Um, first of all, the drinking in your car on the way home, right? Yeah. So I've heard other people say that exact same thing. I can't tell you how many of my friends like in the carpool line had wine in their Starbucks cup, mm -hmm. right? Like, or just even friends in general, you know, in the morning throwing a little Bailey's or a little something in their coffee, but in the Starbucks cup you know, oh, yeah. just to get you through. So I love that you're honest about that. I think more people do things like that than admit it. 
And we need to know that we're in this together. We're not alone when we do these crazy things (laughs) because it really is kind of crazy. It really is our brain thinking this is what we need and then justifying that it's okay. Um, The other thing I love that you said about that is you would just drink these to get ready on your way home. Mm. And then when you got home, you'd start drinking. And I've shared with my audience that for me, not a frequent drinker, didn't really feel like there's a problem with it, but one is never one. And that's where my problem is. So it'd be like, maybe I haven't had a drink for two or three weeks, but then I go out and that one turns into four or five or six or whatever. And then I'm sick for two days. And we know, you know, you're on the third time doing the book that there's science behind that, right? So you're drinking that box wine because you know it's going to make you feel good. And your body knows it's going to make you feel good short-term, that Band-Aid, little dopamine, little serotonin, you know, you get home then all of a sudden your inhibitions are different because you already had some. So it doesn't seem so bad to have more wine. Yeah. It seems like this is just the bandaid of what I'm going to do to self-soothe. It's almost like you think you're self-soothing yourself to make yourself feel better. And then you just said to put yourself to sleep because so many people think, oh, it helps me sleep. How am I going to sleep if I don't drink? And we also yeah. know it's the opposite effect, right? It really is the opposite effect long-term. Um, what have you learned about sleep and alcohol? Would you mind sharing? Yeah. I mean, for me, that was always one of the biggest excuses of why I couldn't go without drinking. You know, I would not drink for five, six, seven days and then be like, look, I can't continue this because my sleep is suffering. And the way that I would look at that would be, I I have very vivid dreams and they wake me up. And so waking up is not conducive to me having a successful day at work in the morning. So that bottle of red wine helps me in the evening. And that was the you know, suit of armor that I wore around um, about why drinking was a necessity. And, you know, I think what I've discovered, because it was true, and maybe it was true for me because I created that story in my head, but the first time I did the 30 days and the second time, there was, of course, a string of six, seven, eight days where I had very vivid dreams and I woke up often and I didn't fall asleep very easily. That gave me more ammunition to why I needed drinking. But, you know, what I discovered is, Uh, like a breathwork app or, you know, something that I could use um, yoga nidra, which is, you know, just kind of going through all of the different points of your body and, you know, just putting energy there. And that really helped me sleep. Um, And then I woke up, of course, feeling a whole lot better the next day, as opposed to having a big bottle of red wine, literally right before I went to sleep. I love yoga nidra for anybody who's not familiar. I actually teach it um, or lead it for anybody who's not interested, it is yoga. They call it sleep yoga. And you basically just lay there. You can Google it, find um, there's apps, find it on YouTube. There's so much free content out there. And you are just feeling nice and comfortable. Your eyes closed, like you're sleeping. And somebody leads you through breath work, starting bringing it in through your toes and then through your ankles and feeling warm, feeling cold, feeling light, feeling heavy, all these really wonderful kind of breathing visualizations that can help calm you down and get you ready for sleep. And they say 45 minutes of a good yoga nidra is about seven hours of sleep. So if you can do that to help yourself fall asleep, that's wonderful that you found that. Were you already doing yoga nidra or did you find it through this? I wasn't. And honestly, Michelle, like I had a few people in my life that said, oh, you should do yoga nidra. And my immediate reaction was, I, you know, I, I just stopped listening and didn't ask questions because I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't want to do downward dog before bed. I don't want to be on a mat and lifting my leg and lifting my, I love yoga, don't get me wrong, but I just was like, nope, don't want to do yoga before bed. That's not going to help. And then I was like, oh, you should just shut up and listen a little bit, Tommy, because it's actually, it's laying in bed. It's finding comfort. It's fine. And like the first, the one that I do, the first line that the lady who's leading it says is she's just like, you know, try to make yourself five to 10% more comfortable, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, let's just try to find a place where we feel good. And yeah, like I, I probably do that now, probably five nights a week. And it's a, I think it's like a 20 minute practice that I found. So it's short enough and long enough for you to feel relaxed, but not long enough for you to be like, oh, I'm, you know, maybe missing out on sleep because this last is lasting an right. hour. I really like it. And very often, like, I think once you do it longer or more, you'll fall asleep before it's even done, you know? Oh yeah. That's what, that's what's happening now because there's a moment in this one, I think it's about 11 minutes in where it's, you know, taking like breathing and, and, you know, taking like 10 full breaths in and full breaths out. And usually by like number six, I'm done. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's a great, that's a really wonderful tip for people. Is there anything else like, well, I should say, so the first couple of times you said you had trouble sleeping the first week, and we know that's true. I experienced that as well. Um, it takes a while for your body to stabilize and be able to get into that healthy REM sleep in the cycles that you need to have. Like it takes yes. several days, sometimes a couple, two, three weeks for the alcohol to clear your system mm -hmm. enough, depending on your body chemistry and how much you were drinking. Yeah. Um, this time doing it for a third time being going into your third week, did you have the same issue the first week or were you able to combat it now that you know what to do? You know, not as much. I think this time as well, you know, when I was doing it, the just because my, my job schedule, right? Like I have to wake up at 4.45 or 5 in the morning. Um, so it's been easier for me to find sleep just because I wake up earlier in the morning um, and I'm not really much of a napper. Um, so, you know, I'm still doing the yoga nidra a little bit less, but my sleep hasn't been Sleep's been easier for me to be able to accomplish without alcohol this time around, just because of the time that I wake up. And I'm also doing a pretty intense physical workout program. So that helps me to be very sleepy at night. Well, the listeners can't see you, but I can, since we're doing this on Zoom and you look fantastic. Well, thanks, thanks. Very um, fit, bright eyes, beautiful skin. <laughs> and you know, that's one of the reasons why I did it now this third time, because I, I'll be 42 here in August. Um, you know, and I feel good, but my, my, my skin is changing. My body is changing. My hair is changing. Um, you know, I have type one diabetes. And so that's something that's a constant thought, you know, I, I think about that all day long, every day I have for now 15 years, um, on March 8th of this year will be my 15th dieversary when I was diagnosed with diabetes. Wow. So, okay. yeah. so I think I'm coming at it now from a more like, okay, this is my life, you know, unless they make drastic changes in medical science, my diabetes isn't going to be cured. My skin's not going to just get better. You know, I'm not going to get younger. Um, you know, <laughs> so now it's more of kind of a wellness holistic approach to the 30 day approach this time, as opposed to just, I'm going to do it for 30 days just to prove to myself that I can. That's exactly how I approach this for myself is a wellness journey is looking yeah. at a wellness journey, not something to deprive, but really wellness and wellness for life. Yeah. So I like that you threw that in there. Honestly, I feel like I prepped you for this and we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this is so fantastic. I'm glad we're doing it today. Um, so what then inspired you to do it this time, the third time? Yeah, you know, so I moved back, I moved back from Arizona, um, back to Knoxville at the end of August of last year. Um, and I spent the first couple of weeks just getting my bearings, doing work, training, um, and, and I think this time, you know, after, so the holidays for me are a trigger to drink um, and also being at home at my parents' home. I, I love my family and we get along really well and we do great things together, but holidays with all of the people coming together, drinking's just kind of what I run to as a comfort when I'm at home. And I had a Thanksgiving this year where I drank a lot more than I should, um, a little by little throughout the day. Um, and when I got home back to Knoxville from my parents' house of drinking pretty much every day, all day, all night, I was like, okay, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to do this for you from a wellness standpoint, from a proving to yourself that you don't need it standpoint. And this is the first time that I'm looking at it from a viewpoint of, this may last longer than 30 days and hopefully it will. Because the first few times, the first couple of times on day 31 or maybe day 33 or 34, I went out and had wine or had a martini with friends. And that was what I was looking forward to. Um, right. But for this time, the goal is let's see if this can last for a whole lot longer. I love that. And that's what I'm hoping to get out of it as well this time, to be honest. I think that's what really sets it apart too from dry January is Besides the fact of all the wonderful education, this is an experiment. This is a non-judgmental, go on with your life, learn your relationship with alcohol wellness journey. It's an experiment. It's a social experiment versus dry January. It's over at a certain date and you go back to life as normal. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it doesn't open up for what if you want to continue this, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, and the, the first two times I really just put blinders on and I was like, anybody can do anything for 30 days. Um, whether it's, you know, so if it's torture, you know, anyone, <laughs> yeah. can, anyone can live through any ordeal for 30 days. And that's the way that I looked at it was just put your blinders on, run to the end of day 30, pat yourself on the back for accomplishing something with, 
and then reward yourself with a big glass of wine. <laughs> right? right, exactly. It's counterintuitive, but you know, this is the first time where that thought process is totally different. Right. It's like sinking in now that relationship there and what you want for yourself, as you said, your own wellness with yeah. your, you know, health, um, situation and, and just anybody, you know, every day we're getting older, <laughs> not younger. So every single day. Um, so have you had any times that you felt particularly triggered or like tempted? You know, this time a little bit less. And, and I think it's just because, you know, I, I, I'm really only hanging out with a, you know, core group of people. I, I'm dating someone and, you know, he's very adamant about it's very, it's easier for him than it is for me. I think this, it, it's one of the things in the book that like the younger generation, he's on a, he's about 12, 13 years younger than me. So, you know, it's, it, it seems just so much easier for them. And um, where they're just not drinking as much. And, and so he's actually been pretty helpful in the situation this time. Um, but I think, I don't know, I've just learned a lot about myself the last couple of years where, and it's not things that I'm disappointed with or upset about. It's just, oh, I, I look a little different in pictures, right? And, yeah. and, I, and you know, I, I'm, you know, my skin, I can tell is changing and my hair is changing and maybe call it vanity. Um, call it anything, but I just want to make sure that moving forward, you know, my health um, is at the front. It's always had to be at the forefront since 2007 for me when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, but I have let it take a backseat sometimes just because I'd rather have more fun. You know, I've always monitoring diabetes, but I've been able to have alcohol and diabetes coexist very easily, Um, but it's just getting a little harder the older I get. And you know, the alcohol is doing a little bit more probably negative in the past than it should. A hangover for me 15 years ago didn't exist. I could drink any amount and wake up the next morning feeling wonderful. That's no longer the case. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> will all. say, you know, I have a similar story, different facts, but, you know, um, going through chemotherapy and going through my cancer treatment, which was several years ago, that I, before that, could drink anybody under the table is kind of how I felt like not really, but my girlfriends and I would go out, we'd have a ton of fun or going out with couples or other families or whatever it was. You start with, you know, a couple martinis and then maybe switch over to a mixed drink and then maybe end the night with some wine. Um, maybe a couple shots thrown in there for fun, depending how silly you are. Yeah. And it was an issue still getting up the next day and going to work or dealing with my kids. And then after chemotherapy, it was tough. And I was good for a while. Like you said, when you're first diagnosed, like you really are focusing on, on health and what this means and changing your life. And then for me, it slowly creeped. Once I went into remission, you know, it was almost like I can celebrate a little bit. I can start to drink a little bit more. And like, why do we think celebrations have to be part of alcohol? But we do, we're programmed that way, right? When we're kids, what we see our parents, what we see in the movies. I know I said it over and over, but it's so true. Like I was excited to celebrate with that. Let's get some bubbles and pop it open, you know, Um, and slowly crept back in. And it's interesting, like everything we know, diabetes and aging, like the biggest cause of aging, rapid aging, rapid cellular aging, loss of collagen is alcohol. It's alcohol and diabetes, sugar. Hello. No, can't breast cancer. There's a clear link to alcohol, you know, and talk about vein. I don't ever give my age really, but I will say that, um, 41 is in my rear view mirror, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, like I age is relative. I think age as gracefully as you want, or as do as much as you want is a personal choice. Yeah. But for me, I, my insecurities creep in and, you know, I look in the mirror sometimes and when I'm not feeling good about myself, when I feel a little extra belly fat, or I see a little extra age in my face, a little droopiness or puffiness it's almost always associated with not taking care of myself. It's I'm not meditating. I'm eating a little crappier food and I'm drinking a little bit more. Those three things always go hand in hand and meditation can be anything. You know, it could be walking, running, swimming. It can be formal meditation, yoga, nidra, whatever eating healthy. I'm plant-based diet, but there's really healthy plant-based eaters. And there's the vegan French fry, uh, you know, Oreo vegan. (laughs) And so for me, those things are tied together. The healthy, the alcohol, eating healthy and working out meditating. When one's off, then usually the second one falls and then the third one always falls. And then you get yourself into a loop of judgment and it's hard to break out of it. 
Yeah, it is. You know, it's interesting you said that about yourself, that you're so good and then it kind of slipped and then one thing slips to another thing slips. And maybe it is vanity, but I'll take it all day long because it it's how I hold myself accountable. Yeah. And I, I think this time too, like, sure, there's the part of wanting to look my best and because the, the, the better I feel, I think the, that that just then is a cascade effect. If I feel better about the way that I look, that I feel better about the way that I feel and the way that I interact with people. I think this time, the third time, one thing that's been looked at a little bit differently, you know, one thing that I've always been proud, I've never considered myself the smartest person in the room in any situation, but I've always been proud of my memory and the way that I can find words pretty easily and that I, you know, don't repeat myself very often. But this past couple of years, I found myself, you know, just it's been a little harder to be as quick to the game or it's yep. been a little harder to pull up. Oh, when did that happen? What were we talking about? And I've always, I've also found myself repeating myself like, and someone saying, Oh yeah, you've already talked about that. Or you've already told us that. And oh, I, yeah. I hate that, I you know? Too. Yeah. And I noticed that when I'm not drinking, that doesn't really happen nearly as often. So right. maybe not only vanity from a physical standpoint, but also from, I want to feel proud of the things that I say, and I want to feel good about the things that I remember and how easy it is for me to communicate. I've always been proud of my ability to communicate, but I've noticed in the past couple of years, you know, it's sometimes that, that, that may be a little bit harder to get to and alcohol as I age and as I get, not really as I age physically, but just as I get older, I notice that alcohol tends to make that happen more often in my life. And I want to avoid yeah. that as much as possible. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll do a little, just like go back on that vanity thing. What I meant by that for me, holding me in check is that it's like the little, the little flag, the little warning light. It's a little warning light. You know, if I don't pick up on the fact that I'm not taking care of myself with my energy, you know, as far as doing my meditations and doing my clearings and being kind to my body and working out, I'm not eating as cleanly it will show up in my skin. It'll show up in my face. And that's my little warning signal of like, oh, wait a minute, what's going off here? Why are you off balance? I firmly believe that happy is the most gorgeous, right? Self-esteem and being happy makes people look so sexy and gorgeous and beautiful. It has nothing to do about how much they weigh, what the scale says, what kind of hair they have, what their skin is, none of that matters. If you're happy and you're in balance, Oh my God, that's the sexiest. We all know that. For sure. You know? Yeah. But for me, that little warning sign that goes off, it's time to change the battery or, you know, cleaning the filter is when my skin or my belly starts to change. It's like, uh, you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah. always tied to also my energy, my meditation or my, you know, my energy field, my mindset. And like, you know, when you don't drink, I, I'm sure you found this as well. Um, maybe more so this time. I don't know. I'd love you to share of having more of those days where you feel inspired or more of those days where you wake up feeling optimistic about what's coming. Yeah, for sure. And, and this time I think, you know, the, I've been in the same industry for about 15 years, but now I'm back in just, you know, a very specific sales specific environment um, where it, it's, you know, that's really what I'm doing is, is just selling every day. And you know what I would, I would find myself waking up in the morning after drinking, it was just harder. It was harder, um, you know, and, and what one person that we share in common in our life is my good friend, Wayne. And Wayne and I used to drink together almost for sport, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and we could just, we could do it and then do the thing, you know, do anything the next day. But I think he's been kind of an, he's not kind of definitely an inspiration for me, me because, too. you know, like, you know, and, and Wayne wouldn't mind this, you know, Wayne and I are seven years apart. Wayne's 48, I'm 41. And I think... When I saw him a couple of years ago, both of us were talking about the aging process. And, you know, when I saw him after a year of his sobriety, I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, the last time I saw you, you looked exactly your age. You looked like someone who was 47 going on 48, which is fine, you know? And I look like someone who was 40 going on 41. And the last time I saw him, I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, you look better than you've looked in a long time. Um, you, you know, don't look like some, you look like someone who's 48 going on 40 or going on yes. 38. He's you know? such and a so. handsome man already. And the same thing I was in Turkey, you know, I was there for several months, um, doing my wellness stuff there. And I came back, I think it'd been about eight months since I'd seen him. And I was like, 
whoa. Yeah. Never mind. I always thought he's very handsome. He lost, I don't know, 35 pounds or something. He had like more muscle tone. His jaw was cut. His cheekbones were there, but his eyes were clear. He had like yeah. this sparkle. And I always thought he was sparkly, but this was a whole other level of sparkle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like I, I want that for me because, you know, it, it, it's so funny. And I'm not going to say maybe it's a thing that gay men do more often than others, but maybe they do. Um, and I'm not saying that, that the, the, the vanity is more important or, but, 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 you know, one of the things that as we, I feel like, you know, if I look at pictures of myself or like, I feel like, oh, I really loved the way that I looked at 38, 30. I was like, I feel yeah. like the older I was getting, the better, the, it was the best I've looked. And I'm like, whoa, this is, and, and not that I don't like the way that I look now, but it just changed, right? Like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, everything just naturally is different. Skin starts to change, hair starts to change, teeth starts to change. And there's really not anything that we can do to reverse it, but there are things that I found that we can do to make it happen more gracefully. And one of those things yeah. is eliminating alcohol as much as I can. It is. So. And you know, I really do feel like you can actually reverse aging by cutting out alcohol, cutting out dairy and processed food makes a big difference too. Cause those are both inflammatory. Anything we can do to cut down on inflammation in our body. If you can give up dairy and I'm not gonna even go into the plant-based thing, just giving up dairy and giving up alcohol. Wow. Is that going to make a huge difference in your skin, but also in your cells, it gives them a break. You know, our liver regenerates anyway, but you really can start to reverse those signs by cleaning up what you're putting in your body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny, Michelle, because I, and this is something, you know, I, I've, I've had, I was vaccinated the moment I could be, I got my booster the first time I could, but I am just so Christmas Eve um, of 2021, I got COVID for the first time. And so I was out of work for about 14 or 15 days. Wow. And I went back to work for the first time. What's today? Today is Sunday. I went back to work really just about six days ago after being out with COVID. And that just happened to coincide with me doing the alcohol experiment <laughs> for the third time. And I went back to work a few days ago and, you know, love hearing this. Right. And people were like, Whoa, they're like, you look great. They're like, COVID made you look better. I'm like, honey, it's not COVID. I'm like, COVID made me feel like crap and didn't make me look any better. It's just the fact that I haven't drank in 16 or 17 days and my skin's cleared up and my eyes, like you said, are like Wayne, they're, they're brighter and yeah. you know, I'm not red. I'm like, Ugh, I'm waking up feeling like crap. So it wasn't COVID that made me feel and look a little better. It's just, you know, the fact <laughs> that I'm drinking a whole lot more water because that's my thing. When I'm not doing, when I'm not doing, give, when I'm not giving up alcohol, I tend to drink a whole lot less water. I wake up to coffee, I go to sleep to alcohol, and water plays a supporting role. But now it's, you know, it it's plays so important role. to increase the water. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and it's hard for me. And and you know, and and it's it's weird to say, like, oh, drinking water is hard for me, but. Normally, no, so I many people say that. So, yeah. so many people say that I have to focus on it. Like I have to force myself. I know how much basically your body weight. Yeah. Divide that in half in ounces, right? They said it's a good guide. So if you're, you know, 200 pounds, drink hundred ounces. If you're hundred pounds, drink 50 ounces. And then you're going through this add even more. If you're exercising more, if you're in a hot climate, if you're going through a detox, you want to up that water even more, but it's hard. I, I have to like monitor it. I gauge how much I've drank, but otherwise I can be halfway through the day and realize, huh, why am I getting a little bit of a headache? <laughs> why do I feel oh, tired? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. I had coffee, which did the opposite in my celery juice. Um, so yeah. yeah, water is super important. Now, I know that you, you're a football fan. Oh, big time. For my, yeah. I'm a University of Georgia graduate and we finally did it. <laughs> you had a big year with the national championship. Oh yeah, it was fun. And it was, it was funny because I was on the phone, Wayne and I spent the last two quarters just on speakerphone, like, you know, having fun. And I was like, whoa, this is the first time that I've watched a Georgia football game without having a lot of alcohol. It was a little more nerve wracking, to be honest, but it was a lot more enjoyable because I remembered. Yeah. <laughs> the next day. If you're tempted to drink, if you're like out with friends, you're at a bar like this, the football game, is there something that you do to um, like help you get through that temptation? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I do with the book's advice is I don't change my life, you know, and I, I normally will have like a, you know, 
club soda with lime, but like these things too, like just LaCroix and sparkling waters. And, you know, though, I mean, when, anytime I do the 30 days, the first thing I do is I go to the grocery store. Um, you know, I, I, I drink, you know, water like out of my tap because it's really good here in Knoxville. But um, I go to the grocery store and get about a hundred sparkling waters that taste really <laughs> good. And then when I'm thinking like, oh, I really love uh, bourbon or vodka soda or a glass of, you know, Chardonnay, then I'll just run to the, you know, these are, these yeah. are lemon chilo LaCroix and they are just delicious. But <laughs> 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 I have lots of them and feel okay about it. <laughs> I was saying an earlier show, I was out with some friends, um, they want to go to this new cocktail speak easy bar. And again, according to the book, of course you go, right? Yeah, of course I'd love to go. And I got a club soda in a champagne glass with a cherry. Mm-hmm. And because when you put the cherry in the champ- in the sparkling, it makes it look like you have rosé. Yeah. And this is like a really fabulous, um, well, I won't say their names on here, but I, a really fabulous, like gay couple friends of mine. They've recently been engaged and, like, I know it, was, it wasn't to celebrate that. That's kind of old news, but it was an exciting time to go out. You sure. know, it was my birthday a week ago. They're like, let's go. So I got dressed and it was so much fun. And we're at this like little, and having that beautiful champagne glass with like rosé colored bubbles made me so happy. Yeah. It made me so happy. And I don't know why I thought of it. Not that that's like genius or anything, but before I was doing club soda with a lime, like in a highball, like kind of like a vodka tonic looking thing. But yeah. I like a champagne glass. <laughs> Sometimes it helps. You know, I went out a couple of weeks, like a week yeah. and a half ago and had like a non-alcoholic beer, like a St. Pauli girl, which I've never had in my life. And, but just, I think the, the, the drinking out of the bottle, like being yes. able to see it, like that's, there's something to it. And if that's helpful, I know my, my father, um, was a farmer and was a smoker, like smoked four packs of cigarettes a day for a lot of his life. And when my mom announced that she was pregnant with me, he's like, okay, he's like his favorite story that he likes to tell is he threw his last pack in the fire. And literally for two years, he just kept an empty pack in his pocket farming. And he was like, that's the thing that helped him smoke. So, or quit smoking. So have the yeah. champagne glass, drink out of the non-alcoholic <laughs> brown beer bottle, do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that oral fixation, like whatever you need. It's like living your life and enjoying. It's not about depriving. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, and again, like I like in the, the beginning, of the first week when she talks about framing things in the positive, mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, I'm not drinking. It's like, yeah, you're drinking. You may not be having alcohol, but you are drinking. So like, yeah. yes, I would love a non-alcoholic beer. What do you have? Or I would love, you know, a club soda with some lemon or whatever. It's like keeping it positive, being with your friends, being social, like enjoying your life and just learning how to do that and have yeah. a good time. Like we all did when we were kids without the alcohol. <laughs> So do you have, since you've done this before, and I I love that you're coming to it with a different mindset this time. It's really exciting. Um, Going into like the end of it, you know, the second half, do you have any tips or is there anything coming up that people should like kind of look forward to or be aware of, or is there anything? You know, one of the things I love about the book um, for me is you know, number one, I love the fact that the author is just a normal person. It's not like someone shoving things down your throat. Like in every chapter, she's like, oh, that one time I got really hammered drunk and made a fool of myself. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I can relate with that. I can relate yeah. to that. Right? That time I forgot my son's entire birthday party. Right. I'm like, oh, I can relate to that, too. Don't remember my, you know, my nephew's party that I was I'm like, oh, what? I went to that. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, like it just every time it's it's almost like it almost seems magical, right? Or like it happens serendipitously that what what this book has done for me, like what you need to hear on the day of the chapter, like on day seven or on day nine, it's almost like eerie how a lot of times you're like, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. Like today I was dealing with the social aspect or today I was dealing with the boredom aspect or the, you know, and that that's what I love about this book. And even the third time through, it doesn't change. Like, you know, I still, you know, I I've done the 30 days and started drinking again, but it's just, it's just a great reminder. And anytime you can have something physically there to help you, right. Like I could probably get to sleep without doing yoga nidra if I focused on it hard enough, but having that there in your back pocket to be able to make it more helpful is just the way that I view this book. Cause our friend Wayne asked, he's like, are you going to read the book this third time? I'm like, yeah, like that's, that, that to me is the, the tool, 
You know, like I, this is something like if I, it's like, I'm building something, right? Anytime I do the 30 days, it's like, I'm building something to improve my life. And this book is just probably one of the most important tools in the toolbox for me. You know, I'm sure a lot of people could do 30, 60, 90 days without having that physical representation or those words there to help guide them through it. But for me, it's just been something that every time I need to hear or read a specific item that's make me going to feel better about doing the book and make me achieve more success. It just shows up on the page. I love that about it. That's great. I think that's why it's helped literally like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people now at this point around yeah. the world. It's in like eight different languages um, because it works. There's just something about the way she does a chapter a day and mm -hmm. being honest about it and having you kind of look at your own life. I think that that really does work. So, um, I'm glad to hear you say that. I look forward to what comes next. I don't read too far ahead. I read a little further ahead so I can do the podcast, but I don't read yeah. too far ahead because I want to go through it authentically with the listeners out there as well. Yeah. You know? Well, and one thing, because I know that you guys are like on day five or six and, you know, well, by the time this actually airs, it's going to be uh, closer to the second week. So. Well, perfect. Well, I mean, yeah. just the, the lesson that I did today was about dealing with boredom. And that's one of the things for me because alcohol has been something in my life that has been associated with having a fun time with my best and closest friends and family. So, you know, like reading, reading about, you know, I, I read about the boredom yesterday, right? And my plan yesterday when I woke up was I'm just going to sit around, watch some movies, you know, maybe see like the movies that are nominated for awards so I can see what I think is going to win, right? And then I read the whole thing about alcohol and boredom. And I was like, you know what? That's right. So instead, me and my friend drove an hour and a half to the Smoky Mountains. We went on this beautiful hike to this like natural cave and took a bunch of pictures. And it was like seven hours of our day. And because I read that chapter when I read it, that's why I decided to do that. Had I not been doing the 30 days, I would have gotten up yesterday morning, gone to brunch, been drunk by 11, you know, and continued that throughout the rest of the day. So I needed to hear it. I took an action because I heard it or read it, you know, whatever. And that's what I love about the book. That's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing. This has been such an, a wonderful time. I can't believe it's been almost an hour already. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, just, it flew by. So <laughs> it really did. Um, I would love to have you back on when we're finishing this. Would you be open to coming back on and talking about it afterwards? Oh, of course. Yeah, I love it. You be know. really excited. And I'd, I'd like to see anybody out there who's listening to this, please email me, michelle at michelleschoenfeld.com or send me a DM on Instagram. Tell me what um, what's going on for you. I want to hear your experiences. And then as we get closer to the end, we can talk about who's going to stick with it and what everybody's goal is at the end of that 30 days. I'd be really interested to hear. And by the time we finish in this particular group, you, Tommy, will be um, you know, getting closer to day 45. So it'll be fun to see what you've chosen to do the third time at the end of your 30 days. Yeah, for sure. I'll be excited to share it with you. Okay. So, wow. I just, I really love Tommy. What a great voice. And I really want to thank him again for being so open and candid and adding so much to today's show. So thank you. Thank you, Tommy, for doing that for us. Okay. So we are almost at the end. And instead of doing a mantra this week, I wanted to read a quote that I'm going to actually probably be going over the next two or three weeks because I just really love it. And I thought it'd be a great way to end the show um, because you guys are all doing such great things for your body, whether you are partaking in this experiment or not. Um, you know, change is important and it keeps us young. And the more you have new experiences and test your brain and travel and learn new things and try new food and all of that, meet new people, the better you will feel, the younger you will be. Um, and, but change can be hard. We know that. So I was going to read one of my favorite quotes and it's by Socrates. I'm sure you've all heard it before, but I'm going to read it again. It goes like this. The secret to change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. I'm going to read that again. The secret to change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. Amen. Thank you, Socrates. <laughs> and that's so in line as well with Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction and Gabby Bernstein and Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and all the other kind of thought leaders in 
personal development change is that we don't want to fight the old. We don't, we're not telling that story anymore. We don't need to bring that baggage with us. That's it. We want to let it go because when we go back and we fight it and we focus on it, we go back to that time and we get stuck. Those are low vibrating feelings. We want to spend our energy on the new, on building the new, because when you focus your energy on what's to come and doing something good for yourself and doing something new, then more comes your way. You see other avenues you can take. You see other doors that are opening. It's a really beautiful, optimistic, inspiring place to come from. And why that's relevant, obviously, now is that we don't want to fight. If you have old patterns of eating or drinking or whatever it is, don't fight the old patterns. Don't fight the things that you used to do or the habits really focus on building the new, making new traditions for yourself, new healthy habits, new things coming. So by doing this experiment, by listening to this podcast, by whatever else you're doing, joining a gym, hugging a tree, whatever it is, going to babble and learn a new language, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's so great. So again, the secret to change is to focus all your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. All right. That's it for this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. Know that you're worthy. You are enough. You were born for a reason and the world needs your gifts. It needs your light. It really does. You are special. Know it, feel it, own it. (laughs) Love to you all. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.